All right, Acts chapter 3. Uh, I, I'm not in chapter 3. What I want to do is bring you into the fellowship of what God is doing. All right, Acts chapter 3. Uh, I, I'm not in chapter 3. What I want to do is bring you into the fellowship of what God is doing. Now we're ready to tell some stories. Luke wants you to know some of the amazing stories, but intertwined in that, I first want you to see what the church looked like. So on your outline, we're going to follow some of these uh, portions of Scripture. Acts 2.42, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. Uh, They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people, and the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. Chapter 3, verse 1, one day Peter and John were going up to the temple at the time of prayer at 3 in the afternoon. So there's prayer at the temple at 9 a.m., there's afternoon prayer at 3 p.m. And so they would go in the mornings to the temple Why would they go to the temple? What do you think? Why go and meet at the temple in Jerusalem? To pray? It was Pentecost. But this is a regular routine past the feasts. How about to witness? How about to let Israel know we got something here in Jesus the Messiah? Right? Public witness. Christianity is supposed to be a public witness. We are supposed to be a public witness out in the marketplace and out where people gather. Amen? All right. So Peter and John go to the temple at the time of prayer. So they're back at the temple. Chapter 4, verse 4. But many who heard the message believed. So the number of men who believed grew to about 5,000 now. Wow, I guess you should keep going back to the temple. They're going to the temple in the morning, they're going to the temple in the afternoon, they're going to the temple in the evening, and in between those times, they're going house to house, having fellowship one with another. Chapter 4, 32 to 37. All the believers were one in heart and mind. No one claimed that any of their possessions was their own. But they shared everything they had. With great power, the apostles continued to testify to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. And God's grace was so powerful at work in them all that they were, there were no needy persons among them. For from, the time, from time to time, those who owned land or houses sold them, brought the money from the sales, and put it at the apostles' feet, and it was distributed to anyone who was in need. Chapter 5, the apostles performed many signs and wonders among the people, and all the believers used to meet together in Solomon's colonnade. No one else dared to join them, even though they were highly regarded by the people. Nevertheless, more and more men and women believed in the Lord and were added to their number. 
As a result, people brought the sick into the streets and laid them on beds and mats so that at least Peter's shadow might fall on some of them as he passed by. Crowds gathered also from the towns around Jerusalem, bringing their sick and those tormented by impure spirits, and all of them were healed. Yes. Wow. Now this is chapter 2, 3, 4, and 5. It's almost saying the same thing over and over and over, right? And what happens is we, we overlook these, these passages because there's great testimonies in between them, great stories. But I wanted you to get the flavor and the sense of what was dynamically happening with this infant church. Somebody let, call out to me some of the things that you see repeated here. What are some of the things repeated? Why would they go back to the temple? A lot of people. But what people specifically? The Jews, their people, their Messiah came. They know the Messiah. Who do they have a burden for? The Jews, their people. Where are you going to find their people? At the temple, right? Where are we going to find the lost? In the world. Out here. We got to go out there. We got to go to the marketplace. We got to go to work. We got to do these things. You're not a Christian in the church. You're a Christian all the time. Right? Okay, so they keep coming back to the temple, back to the temple. Because what did God say? Where would they begin? His spirit was going to be poured out starting in Jerusalem. Jerusalem. Then Judea. Then Samaria. Then to the other parts of the world. Okay, so they're starting in Jerusalem. What else do you see repeated here a couple times? Yeah. They devoted themselves, okay? This is something they did daily. Yes. They were always praying. Yes. Unity with God. Sharing everything they had. Wow, you know the Holy Spirit's moving when we start sharing everything we have. We're not holding on to anything anymore. They were always together. They broke bread in each other's homes. They fellowshiped together. Now, could the 5,000 fit in Gladys' house? No. You're wondering who Gladys is. <laughs> so, obviously, they would break up into small groups of people that knew each other, didn't know each other, but would accommodate according to each house. And then they would again gather back at the temple. How many of you would want to go back to the temple and walk in this parade down the street? What, what did we read was happening People are getting healed. Now they're bringing them out into the streets so that what? The shadow of Peter. Come on. Peter couldn't touch all of them unless, you know, like they do at, at rock shows where the star runs across the stage and goes slap, 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 and everybody puts their hand out. Here, Peter couldn't reach all of them. But, of course, you had the other 11, didn't you? And you had other believers, 5,000 of them. And I would have to imagine that at the time of prayer at 9 a.m., at the time of prayer at 3 p.m., where are we going to meet? The temple. All the Christians are starting to come in. What else did you notice? What did it say about once the Christians all gathered there at the temple? Signs and wonders. Signs and wonders were happening. It said that they had favor with the people, but it also said, what about the people? They were afraid of them. 
There's power. Conviction. Nobody's afraid of the church anymore. (laughs) But what if God moved so mightily among us that people were so freaked out? See, when the Spirit of God moves, we hope, oh, I hope nobody speaks in tongues. I invited a guest, and they're going to freak out, and they're not going to come back. And I'm telling you what, the world wants something supernatural. Let's begin seeking those signs and wonders so much so that everyone's going like, what is this? Okay. Every time there was a major revival and a major awakening in the United States, there were always critics of it. These people are nuts. These people are crazy. And guess where the number one critics came from? The church. The church always argued against it. Okay? They weren't ready to move into the move of God because they had their traditions. All right, so this is important. So their location was in their homes and at the temple. Okay? So there was a time they gathered. There's, there is all, there's again, arguments in the church as to did the early church meet in homes or did they meet at temples. Here in Jerusalem we see both. They met in homes and they gathered together as a people, okay? Now, once persecution came, they couldn't just do that, could they? So it had to change into the house churches. They were sustaining themselves. They were self-sustaining because they were devoted to God and they waited upon the Lord and God said there's enough finance in the church itself to sustain itself. And then there were signs and wonders. How can, so here's my question. How can we do that? How can we do this? Let's see. Let's see what they did. And maybe if we repeat it, could it happen here? Let's talk about it. They were unified. Was it you, Katrina, that said this? They devoted themselves. Okay. So what does it mean to be devoted? Fully committed. Fully committed. What's a good barometer for fully committed? How could we tell someone's all in? What you do. What you spend your time. What you spend your money. What you give your talent to who you hang around with, right? I'll let you have a discussion with the Holy Spirit right now and ask yourself, are you fully devoted to the things of God? Don't just give me a chirp Sunday school. Yes! (laughs) Really consider that. What am I doing with my time? If someone saw me, would they know This guy is devoted to his faith. That's that's what we have to say. Now, they devoted themselves to these four things. If you and I would devote ourselves to these four things, maybe we're going to see what they saw. All right, so here's the four things they devoted themselves to. And in the original language of the Greek... I don't know if it's a purpose. I don't know the word, but it's the, the apostles' teaching, the fellowship, the breaking of bread, the prayer. 
It was categorized as that. So these four categories were essential. So they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. Let's first of all figure out what is that. So, folks, what's the apostles' teaching? What did they teach? The gospel, but what is it? The Apostles' Creed. How many of you know the Apostles' Creed? We're going to learn that. All right. But what is it specifically? What are the things they taught, Katrina? Yes. Yes. Very good. Say that again. And ascended. Thank you. Repentance from sin. Hell? It's a, it's a biblical word. <laughs> All right, good, good. What else is the gospel? Is that it? Uh, he defeated death. And sin. Restored to the Father. Jan said love. Demonstrated at the cross. That's how much he loved us. Restored love. Exchanged for righteousness. He fulfilled prophecy. Yeah. Put us in a covenant with God the Father through Jesus Christ. Yes, I see a hand back there. Partakers of the Holy Spirit, sealed with the Spirit of God. Sits at the right hand of God, making intercession for us. Redeemed us from the curse of the law. He became a curse for us so that we... Right? He who knew no sin became sin for us. They taught the new covenant, that this is the new covenant. Now, of course, they turned to the, to the New Testament, didn't they? They would take their New Testaments out and read them. No. Oh, no. They had the Apostles. They had oh, they, they were the New Testament. All right, there was no New Testament. What scriptures would they read? The Old Testament. Old Testament, looking at the prophecies. And reading Isaiah, reading in Jeremiah, reading what did Peter do the first day of Pentecost, stood up and said, this is Joel. This is what David said in the Psalms. All right, so salvation, the apostles' doctrine, the apostles' teaching, isn't limited to saved from sin. It's sozo, which means being made new and whole, physically, emotionally, spiritually, right? And, and God uh, blessing, all the promises of God have become, yes. We could go on and on about the apostles' teaching, couldn't we? Yeah. Wouldn't it be amazing if we had it in a book? Yeah. <laughs> if someone wrote this down and we would have it all. We should do that. But you know what happens? Some people say they don't believe in it anymore. They're not devoted to the apostles' doctrine. We have got to be devoted to the inspired Word of God. It's not up for debate. These men gave their lives for it. And throughout the centuries, it's not because they were ignorant back then, but now we have science and technology. We don't have to believe these things. That's ridiculous. These were men anointed by God, carried along, superintended by the Holy Spirit to speak the fulfillment of the Old Covenant now for all of us. So they devoted themselves to the doctrines of the apostles. These apostles were the 12 witnesses. They saw it. 
there's a great scripture in 1 John. And 1 John says, we are witnesses to him in whom we have seen and even touched the word of God. Can you imagine that? They touched God. Okay, so, so they're the witnesses. And those witnesses gave birth to new witnesses and other witnesses and other witnesses and other witnesses. And here we are because someone witnessed to us and we have now become witnesses. Yes. We must devote ourselves to the apostles' teaching. Yes. All right, the second thing they devoted themselves to. Well, wait a minute, wait a minute. If they devote themselves to the apostles' teaching, what did God do to confirm the apostles' teaching? Signs and wonders. Mark 16, uh, verse 20, says it very specifically, that they continued on declaring the doctrine of Jesus, all that Jesus said and did. This is the apostles' doctrine. And God followed their teaching with signs and wonders. Why? Confirm. Confirm what they're saying is true. Jesus is the healer. So if Jesus is the healer, what should we do? Minister healing. Minister healing. Pray for them. Lay hands on the sick. Command healing, just like Jesus. And... uh, well, next week as we get into the stories, we see Peter and John going to the gate beautiful, and the guy's saying, hey, give me some cash. They go, look at silver and gold, I don't have it. What I do have, rise up in Jesus' name. Boom. Right? So, if you stay faithful to the apostles' teaching, if we continue to witness to the apostles' teaching and declare it, what should follow? Signs and wonders. But a great portion of the church says, no, they stopped. When the apostles died, then there's no need for signs and wonders. Because the word's been established, so they ceased. They stopped. Can you quote a scripture verse that says they will stop? No, you can't. There is none. In fact, Paul says in the 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 7, I don't want you to fall short in any of the gifts until the Lord returns. What is there an expectation of? These gifts, these signs, these wonders that he distributes should still be manifesting. If we devote ourselves to the Word of God, if we leave the Word of God, add to the Word of God, reconstruct the Word of God, because I just don't see it, so I'm going to believe a different way. You're going to walk away from the apostles' teaching, so you're not going to get the results of the apostles' teaching. Does that make sense to you? So let's stay devoted to the Word. So these four things you're going to see in these verses have a cause and effect. If you trust the Word of of God, if you speak the apostles' teaching, if you have faith in what they say and do what they say to do, we should see signs and wonders. The second thing they devoted themselves to was fellowship. Coffee and donuts. Bagels. In our church, bagels. The biggest problem COVID brought to us. 
a lack of cream cheese. How are we going to spread our cream cheese now? We used to have a common plate. <laughs> what is fellowship? The Greek word is koinonia. Let me ask it in a different way. It's, it's more than hanging out, playing Scrabble. Love. Love manifested. Love. How did this koinonia, how did this fellowship manifest with this kind of love? Sharing. That they had in common. So describe to me the kind of sharing they did. Everything they had. Now remember, folks, remember the situation here. You've got the Feast of Pentecost, so we have Jews coming from 16 other nations from around the globe, the then known world, back to, these are farmers and so forth, coming back to Jerusalem. They come into Jerusalem on the day of Pentecost to celebrate this feast as they do every year, that God would bless their crops and bless what they bring in. And on this day, something miraculous, wonderful, amazing happens. These people are talking in their languages. They begin speaking and people are getting saved. You have 3,000 on that day. And it says they continued to meet together. It doesn't say that they went home. Now, they've had a life-altering change. I mean, if you saw this kind of miracle and, and you begin seeing this kind of activity going on, are you going to go back home? No. So I, I would imagine they eventually went home, but what do you do with 3,000 people who are displaced from their home and don't want to leave what is happening in this house? You take them in, you feed them, right? It's kind of like Woodstock. I'm dating myself. But what happened? You build a little hut, you build a, come on, to come into my house, come into this house. Then it keeps adding, the, the church, they keep adding to it, more homes, more people. And they had a social network to care for people. Put some folks in a house. So they ran background checks. They signed renter's leases. Why? Why would you trust these people? They were believers. There was an anointing so powerful that we could dare to trust each other. I mean, is there that level of trust in the church today? You know, I mean, it's easy to criticize the church. Uh, we need the Holy Spirit to do these things for us. To bring this kind of love and fellowship together. That we're going house to house and, and someone, so people who had property, did everybody own property? No. So there are wealthy people who own property. What did they do? Sold it. Sold it. And then the, did they have to do that? No. Were they coerced to do it? No. They were forced, if you're going to join our church, we want to see what your financial records are because we're going to make sure you give 10% or if you don't, God will curse you. Oh, I'm sorry, did I say that out loud? That's what a lot of churches do. Distort scripture. No, no. They did this out of care and fellowship one to another. And they took care of each other's needs. Could you imagine that? Wow. They devoted themselves to that kind of fellowship. Now, did that kind of harmony last? No. <laughs> we have to go to Acts chapter 6, don't we? <laughs> we'll see. 
All right, but let's go on. So they devoted themselves to that kind of love and fellowship and sharing and caring and giving. Boy, wouldn't it be cool if we really did that? Now, that's the, the byproduct. With the apostles' teaching, there's signs and wonders. With this kind of fellowship and love for one another, there is the sharing of possessions and property and finance. Then there's the next one, the breaking of bread. They devoted themselves to the breaking of bread. Now, um, doing a study on this phrase, it is a phrase that has a dual meaning. It's based, the way you can differentiate between the two meanings of breaking of bread is the context within a sentence. So, come on over to my house and we'll break bread. What does that mean? Come on, we'll have a meal, we'll have a dinner together. It includes, the concept breaking of bread includes your drink, includes your food. But there is also the meaning behind breaking of bread of communion, okay, which is the Lord's Supper was called breaking of bread. And Paul says in 1 Corinthians 11, when you come together for the breaking of bread to share in the Lord's meal, that was very specific, you understood the context. In this particular, Acts 2.42, when they came, they came together for the breaking of bread. He's not talking about sharing meals, although it says they went house to house breaking bread, sharing meals together, okay? But that's part of fellowship. There's a distinction here in this specific breaking of bread, which means they were devoted to the Lord's table. Why? There's power in it. There's healing in it. Do this in remembrance of me. It's the covenant meal. There's instruction. If you look at the early church, they, did, they, they would ask unbelievers, when they would gather, if they had any unbelievers among them, they would ask them to leave when they would share in the Lord's meal. Okay? Because they knew... There's a lot of authority and power in this meal, and if you don't eat it with a right heart, this could be trouble. And so they had to make sure that people were true believers. And so they would make sure that they had to be baptized, committed. Because why? Because as we see this going on, there could be enemies in the ranks. People pretending to be Christians who are trying to find out where you meet and when so that you could be arrested. I've seen this in China. They had to be fully aware of who's coming to their meetings because you can have spies come in and get them arrested. Okay? So they had to make sure that you, they would make sure they were baptized, make sure that they were believers before they could take this covenant meal. It was for the body of Christ. Here's what's going on, brothers and sisters. They are the priesthood. They're the government of God on the earth, the priesthood that is going to administer the grace of God into this earth. This isn't just, come on anybody, you belong before you believe. No, you don't. You can come here before you believe, but you don't belong to the body of Christ unless you believe, okay? And unless you're obedient and have faith in Christ. Does this make sense to you? All right, so the breaking of bread, and it produced koinonia, and it produced them as the priesthood of believers. 
They were the authority of God. They were the priests of God. God is building a holy nation. What they're finding out is he's not only calling the Jews. I thought the Jews were the holy nation. That's, That's done. God still has work with them, but he's calling all nations into one new body, one new man, Jew and Gentile, to make a new man, a new nation, a new priesthood. And the covenant symbol of that new priesthood is the bread and the wine. That's the distinction. And then last of all, the prayer. Prayers. There's something different about prayers now from going and praying at the temple, praying in the incense, praying to the high priest, praying to Jehovah. Something has dramatically shifted now in prayer. What is it? Holy Spirit and Jesus, two intercessors. We've got an intercessor before the throne of God who is our high priest praying for us continually to sending forth, he's sending his authority and will so that we will proclaim it into the earth and we have an intercessor in here, the Holy Spirit, continually crying out, Abba, Father, and proclaiming the will that Christ is speaking for us to declare. We so often think prayer is us praying to God. And we're focusing all the time on our prayers to God and our prayers to God. What happens when we begin to pray from God to the world? We're not praying to the world, but we are praying the will of God from heaven to earth. Declaring the will. That's prayer too. Okay, so we're praying the will of God. We're declaring. We're so often just begging. But what about declaring what the Holy Spirit is calling you to do and to speak it out? Now, with this kind of prayer, what did we see happen daily? Souls saved. Direct correlation. You see this? They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, which is validated and backed up by God saying he'd watch over his word to perform it and verify it, and you see signs and wonders because the word of God, unadulterated, is being spoken. The witness of Jesus, the the prophecy of Jesus, is the testimony of Christ. The testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. In other words, it's the presence of God's anointing. Speak Jesus. Secondly, the fellowship was so rich, it created such bonding that we were willing to give up our wallets and our furniture and our anything for the sake of another brother or sister. Because it was so rich to be with people instead of having things. Wow, what have we done with the gospel? Now we keep praying for more things. To heck with people. Something's twisted in this. You want to preach a prosperity gospel? I'll tell you what prosperity is. Have many friends and loved ones. That's more prosperous than you having three cars and a bigger house. Friendship, relationship. Okay, keep going. And the correlation of this kind of fellowship was relationship. Breaking of bread was the calling and the anointing of the priesthood and a holy nation. And last of all, prayer resulted in souls being saved every day. Amen? That's awesome. That is awesome. 
And so that's what they devoted themselves to. So, let's try it. Let's try it. Okay? 